With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 75 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> you know, um, I have to do that voice every time. Radio voice. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, we have a kind of like lighter pod for you guys this week. Um, it's spring training, um, and it's been a while since we've actually talked about the Mets. So we're going to do that because the last couple of weeks we had um, the wonderful interview with Andrea Williams. Which, if you haven't listened to it, I I don't I don't plug our own show all that often. But don't I, listen to it. I listen really to her. think don't listen to us. <laughs> exactly. It's not about listening to our show. It's about listening to Andrea Williams. You guys absolutely should listen to her. I could listen to her talk about baseball for hours and hours. So you guys yeah. should listen to our interview with her from last week. It was fabulous. Um, and then the week and before- read her book. And read her book, Baseball's Leading Lady. <laughs> um, and the week before that, we had our raffle, which went awesome. Um, the prize winners have been picked and the prizes have been sent. Minus one, I promise. I promise I am sending the one prize, but we're photoshopping Mike Cameron's head over Jose Reyes's head in one of the on one of the plaques. <laughs> so I'm still working on that. But other than that, the rest of them have all been sent out. So um, it was a fabulous success. Thanks again to everyone who donated. It was awesome. But yeah, as a result of the past couple of weeks being like, non-Mets related stuff. Uh, 
Um, we haven't talked about the Mets in a while, um, so much so that the Mets actually made a signing since the last time we talked about the Mets. Um, the last major signing that the Mets made um, this offseason was that they signed a uh, free agent starting pitcher, Taiwan Walker, to a two-year $20 million deal plus a player option for 2023. Um, I think this was a really good move. The Mets needed, desperately needed another starter, um, and they finally got it in Taiwan Walker. Um, you know, he was pretty much, he and Jake Odorizzi were the last two free agent starters available, more or less, um, other than like, you know, like the NRI types. Um, so it's good that they snagged one of those guys who was still left because they really needed one more guy to fill out their rotation. Um, they have good depth, but they desperately needed that kind of fifth guy. So they have that in Taiwan Walker. Um, he pitched, he actually pitched today, um, in spring training looked pretty good. Um, he gave up, he gave up some runs, I think, but like, you know, it's his first start, like, you know, it's spring training. Um, so Taiwan Walker is an interesting is an interesting player. Um, he's only 27 years old, I think, 27, 28. He's he's in the prime of his career, but because he recently had Tommy John and he was on kind of the like slow end of Tommy John recovery as Tommy John recoveries go. So he missed almost like two full seasons from that. And then obviously we had the shortened 2020 season. So he just like really hasn't pitched much in the past three years. So that's really the biggest concern with him is going to be health. And but when he's healthy, he's quite good. So like hopefully if he's healthy, he can be good. And the the thing that makes sense that makes this make sense from the Mets perspective, I think, is that really the Mets just need him to pitch enough innings until Noah Syndergaard comes back um and then like you know he just needs to hold out till then and then they'll have another starter back so they hopefully won't need him to pitch the workload that would be too much for him um so I think it's a good move on their part and he just needs to be better than Rick Porcello Michael Waka and Steven Matz basically like that's who he's replacing and he's God, such. I mean, Matt probably still has upside, but his upside is, I think, higher than yeah. any of theirs. Um, where this wasn't like a like a Porcello signing. Like he's no. legit. Like he has potential to be, you know, a middle, a good middle of the rotation starter, which is like what Allison said. What you need until Noah Syndergaard comes back. I think it's just what we need in general. And I share Allison's concerns and I think it's a general tenor among Mets fans, at least the ones that I've eyeballed, which is the comments on amazing Avenue. Um, like everybody's happy that he's here. He's a great starter if he stays healthy. And that's really going to be the key thing here. Will he it's stay like healthy? Will he stay healthy enough until Syndergaard gets back? I hope and he does. It seems like he, like he seems like he should like it was the Tommy John was his main injury and I he was I think pretty much healthy all of last year granted it was a shortened season but wasn't like he just could never come back like he was able to make it back onto the field yes yeah it's just that that small sample size is a small sample size so we can't really we'll get we'll get a good look at him this season but yeah. we saw what happened with Wheeler, too. Like, the further he moved away from Tommy John, he had a rough recovery, too. Yes. So it's not, like, like he can still, like I said, there's upside still to him. I was going to say, Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young twice. Granted, he was, like, he had his uh, Tommy John in 2011, I think. So 
But uh, how many and years later? Just talk about Seven years later. After he signed. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. That was the sweetest. Like, I was like, oh. Yes, for, just, oh. for those of you who are not online or didn't see the tweet, um, right after Taiwan Walker. And Taiwan Walker is like a, a seemingly like a lot of our players on the Mets. He's very online. Um, and yeah. he was kind of like <laughs> kind of trolling people like almost throughout like the the um, late winter slash early spring. Like he tw- like he tweeted something like. Uh, like when there were rumors about where he might sign, he t- like he later tweeted something like "just woke up, what I miss" or something, and then like he later tweeted something from like the like on the first day of spring training. I think he was not yet like pitcher when pitchers and catchers reported like the very first day he had not yet signed or at least not officially. And so he tweeted like a picture from like a golf course and was like, "What's up?" Yes. Um, and so right after he he signed with the Mets, he um, he tweeted like a picture of a wine bottle and it was a Tom Seaver bottle of wine because you know as as Mets fans know, the late Tom Seaver in his retired life was really into making wine um, and had a huge vineyard um, out in California. And so uh, yeah, Taiwan Walker tweeted a picture of one of the Seaver wines, which I thought was like. And a really good nod to the Mets. And like, that was really cool to see. Not yeah. only that, not only that, he got a hold of one of those things. Yeah, right. There's, there's, there's a years long wait list for them. Wow. And that was before, even before he passed away. Huh. I didn't know that. Huh. I mean, like, it doesn't surprise I didn't know me, that but either. I didn't know. The, the only reason I know this is because I'm on this list. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. I mean, that, that does not surprise me at all. Nor Unless somebody sent him his bottle of, as a welcome, maybe, like Cohen or... It's possible, yeah. Like, I, I assume possible, that yeah. Steve, Steve Cohen has ways to get a hold of um, yeah. <laughs> Tom Seaver wine if he wants it. Um, Just so, a yeah. bottle. It's a good signing. Um, I'm really happy well, about we it. We also have to talk about his number. Oh, yeah. So Taiwan Walker is a guy who is known for uh, for having, like, really crazy uniform numbers. So he, he had double zero on – he has he has had – has he pitched with zero and double zero both? Uh, let's see. Remember. Hang on. I think I, it might just be double zero because Stroman, I know, was zero. Yeah, Stroman was zero. But yeah, so last season, Let Taiwan Walker was double zero. And so he wanted to potentially be double zero again. But he he gave that up because he said that's Mr. Met's number, which is true. And so instead of conflicting with Mr. Met, he chose 99 instead. So he will be number 99, which I always love. 99, weird. He, I think. He, was, he was 99 with the Diamondbacks and the Mariners. And he was double zero with the Blue Jays. Awesome. Yeah, we love to see that. <laughs> I love I love like weird uniform numbers. Like that's awesome. Yeah, Justin Toscano has a really good article about it today. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Because there's a really good quote by um by Walker in there. Um because um as we know, Turk Wendell was the last one to wear ninety nine. <laughs> so you know, to welcome him. And which I also didn't realize is they're both they're both their initials are TW. Oh, yeah. that's very funny. That's even better. Yeah, I didn't put it together until like I saw an S and Y tweet like with, the, with both of their names in it. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't earth shattering or anything. I was like, ha, huh, that's kind of a fun coincidence. But yeah, so Turk Wendell like sent him the shark tooth necklace which i got it but his are made out of turkey and wild boar which to me is very suspicious because wild boar 
Yeah, because and but we also know that Todd Frazier had the issue with the turkeys. Yes. <laughs> so was this? I want to know, Turk. Was this on purpose? Yeah. Is this like a revenge tour of all the animals that have wronged the Mets? <laughs> or maybe it's reverse jujuing. Yeah, possibly yeah, reversing all the 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 bad karma that those animals brought on this team. Wow, that's yeah, so funny. Yeah, I want to know what you like. It was some kind of turkey something. I have to find the tweet. I think it was Justin Toscano that tweeted it. That's amazing. What the new necklace was made of. But then Taiwan Walker said he would wear it because he said it meant a lot to the fans. So I was like, oh. So did he wear, did he wear it today, I think? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. Mm-mm, not today. I, I, don't thought think. I, I thought I read somewhere that he did. Maybe I'm crazy. Probably no, I am. Because he said, I'm wearing it next game. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, like, it's a really, it's a good signing. The Mets really needed this, uh, one, one more starting pitcher. So that's really good. Um, and we're happy he's here and it's just like, I don't know, in addition to him being like a really good fit as far as like what he can bring to the table on the field, I just really like that he further adds to this just being a really fun group of guys to root for. Like he seems like a really good dude and I'm really excited to root for him. So yeah, and they seem happy to be here. Like, Jordan Yamamoto was, and he looked pretty good the other day, too. Um, he seems, like, really excited to be here. Like, I think he's a really good depth signing. Yeah, um, I agree. And again, we probably talked about this, but it's something the players have even mentioned now, too, um, that you have quality depth at almost every position. Like, you have real major leaguers, not, like... You know, just like, like we've the mentioned, quad a yeah, a quad a kind of hope he doesn't get shellacked kind of signing. So, like, I, I, I like Jordan Yamamoto, and he's another one that has upside. Yeah, I like. I just like all of them because I think they're making each other kind of compete. But I don't like the word compete. They're bringing out the best in each other, both on the field and kind of off the field. There's a really great chemistry with this team right now building. And I think part of that is because of the culture change in the clubhouse. Um, I just remember Syndergaard tweeting last year. I think that Cohen would treat the players like actual, like human beings rather than just commodities. Yeah. Um, And I, and I think we can see that the beginnings of that, at least in this spring training. Yeah. It's been nice to see. Um, speaking of depth, um, we do have one bit of bad news. We already have our first, oh, well, I guess Seth Lugo is technically the first bad injury news the Mets have had, but they have further bad injury news. Um, so Jose Martinez, who the Mets brought in as sort of like, you know, a depth signing, um, has a torn meniscus and will miss four months, unfortunately. Um, I saw the injury. It was bad. Um, I was watching the game. It was uh, it was a televised game against the Marlins, um, and he was sort of... freaking Marlins. Yeah. Um, it's always the freaking Marlins. On, uh, on Sunday um, afternoon, like, there was a ball down the line, and Martinez, is, as everyone knows, is not known for his defensive abilities. And so he was going after the ball, like, that was toward the line. He was playing first base. He was going after the ball toward the line, and his cleat seemed to catch awkwardly, um, either on the bag or, like, in the in the dirt. There might have been a rivet or something, and he twisted his knee real bad. And, like, he, he basically, it was weird. It was one of those things where, like, normally when you have, like, a really bad, like, like a like a ligament tear like that like normally the guy like 
falls to the ground in a heap and then like doesn't get up he was like still standing the whole time but he like froze in his tracks and didn't move and he was only putting weight on like the one leg so he kind of had his leg like half picked up but he just like stood there and then like hunched over like he had his hands like on his thighs and was just like hunched over and like he knew you could like you know when they know it's real bad because they just like yeah. instantly deflate and i could see yeah. it i could see it in his body language like he knew it was real bad and so well, um did the umpire get in the way or he crashed into yeah the th- that was why he kind of had to like change his like path like at the last minute and that's probably why he ended up like twisting awkwardly because the umpire was kind of right there and so he had to like negotiate around the umpire to try to lunge for the ball and so he sort of like tried to change his path like mid-stride and i think that's what but you only have a few seconds to do that exactly exactly not even a few seconds microseconds exactly so he you know um so he twisted his knee he was standing there and like he couldn't move at all and so like he needed help getting off the field and they didn't even like they didn't even so he had a like basically Rojas and I it might have been the trainer might have been someone else I can't remember on his other side helping him off the field and it was so bad that like they didn't even take him to the Mets dugout on the other side they took him to the Marlins dugout because it was on the first base side closer to where he was so they took him into the Marlins dugout like and and you could hear on the broadcast because the spring broadcasts are like there's there's so few people there and especially now because of COVID Lord. Yeah, you can like really hear guys when they say stuff on the field on the broadcast a lot of times. And you could hear Luis Rojas saying, we need a cart, we need a cart. And so that was not oh. great. Um, so yeah, you knew it was bad from the from the out. And so like that happened on Sunday and they said he would be reevaluated on Monday, meaning yesterday. Um, and so yesterday we got the news that it was a torn meniscus. I knew it must have been like a torn ACL or MCL meniscus, something, one of those. Um, and so yeah, he needs surgery. Um, um, which he will get, um, I think, over the weekend. Or, like, did he get it already? I don't know. Soon he's going to get surgery. Um, and he'll miss four months, which is really, it's really sad for him. Because, like, he had an actual shot to make the team um, out of spring. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, a depth signing, a veteran depth signing that, you know, like a righty bat off the bench. Because the Mets, as we've mentioned on this podcast several times, their lineup is pretty left-handed. Um, so they really needed that, like, pop off the bench. And that's what he was going to provide. And, like... The other thing that's sad for for him is that, like, he was kind of, like, he had two back-to-back, like, really great offensive seasons, like, elite offensive seasons. Like, I'm talking, like, 140 WRC plus type seasons in 2017 and 2018. And then in 2019, he sort of was kind of just, like, a league average hitter. And then last year, he was dismal. And so, like, he was kind of trying to, like use this as like a chance to rebound and have like a bounce back year potentially with the Mets off the bench and like, you know, be able to help them with a clutch home run or two off the bench. Um, And so that is kind of, you know, over now. I mean, like obviously four months isn't the entire year, but it's, it's well over half. It's a good chunk of the season. Yeah. And like, it takes a long time to rehab back from something like that. And so Obviously, he is no longer in the picture as far as the opening day roster is concerned. And what is probably a like connected bit of news is that the Mets are reportedly interested in Michael Franco. Um, and that's probably a direct result of this injury, knowing that this guy who they were relying on as potentially righty bench bat depth is no longer an option. And so they sort of are looking into guys like that. And Michael Franco, like, profiles is a very similar type of player um 
to Jose Martinez. He's right-handed. Um, he plays. He's he's a one-position player. Is kind of the problem. Um, and I mean, Jose Martinez is you know pretty much a DH. She doesn't really have a position either, but Michael Franco pretty much only plays third base and the Mets have plenty of guys um, on the team who already can play third base. They have JD Davis, they have Jeff McNeil, they have Jonathan VR, they have Luis Guillorme. So they have lots of guys who can play third base. So Michael Franco would, would really be the odd one out if he signed here, but he sort of provides that same role as like a bench pinch hit right-handed hitter sort of thing. Well, and, and he has I pop. don't care, but as long as he's not killing the Mets, yes. <laughs> like he could be legit awful on the field, and the Mets would like cure his ail- whatever ailed him every single time. I know, I know. <laughs> he would be <laughs> Mets fans. So best. maybe when he's on the Mets, they'll maybe that'll help too. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that'll help. Yeah, Mets fans oh, best boy. know Mike Franco for the many years he spent with the division oh. rival Phillies, in which. He was a Ew. Mets killer. He, you know, like Michael Franco's a good hitter, but he was not like, you know, an otherworldly hitter by any stretch of the imagination, but he was against the Mets. He was just oh a Met God. killer, Michael Franco. Like every time he had a clutch hit against the Mets. Like um, going, yeah, like going into the series and be like, oh, he's having a down year this year. And then all of a sudden he would nope. be like four for five against the Mets with like the killer home run that like put them ahead in the seventh inning. It's like, of course. Of course. <laughs> It like harkens back to every time like there's a hitter in the slump, the Mets the Mets would always fix them. Oh, they fix them. That's oh, like yeah. their our main job is like to fix slumping or like a rookie making his debut pitching. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely a confidence booster because he will shut him down and shut them down. And Almost anybody slumping, the Mets will give them a boost. Yeah, yeah. Um. And but Michael Franco um, finally was not a Philly last season. It was his first season not with the Phillies. Um, he was on the Kansas City Royals in 2020, and he um, he was their everyday third baseman. He actually played all 60 games. He was the everyday third baseman for the Kansas City Royals, um, and he he was quite good. He like pretty much like a slightly above league average hitter. I think he had like a 108 OPS plus or something like that. Um, so you know like solid um but he was due to be paid you know something in like i think the eight to ten million dollar range in arbitration and the royals that was too rich for their blood so they non-tendered him in december so he's been you know kind of a free agent ever since um and so there are reportedly several teams interested in him not just the mets so we'll see what happens there um but you know their interest in him is clearly a direct you know, result of this Jose Martinez injury, I think. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, they could use that, like, final righty off the bench uh, that has a little bit of pop, and Franco would be that guy. Um, but other than that, their roster, at least on the position player side, is, like, kind of more or less set. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Offense is not what I'm worried about. And, and like, I feel like watching this first week of spring training games, I feel like my my concerns going into spring have only become like bigger, um, which is like the starting pitching looks very good. The bats look fine. I am highly concerned about the bullpen and the defense, which have been on full oh. display already in spring training one week in. Uh. Um, yeah, it's not been great. Um, yep. What happened to McNeil, man? Oh, he looks I awful mean, at third. Awful at uh, third. Christ. Like he didn't used to be that bad. I don't no. understand what happened. I, just, I think, A, it's just rust. Um, it's the first but week. I'm not, I'm not putting much stock. Year. I'm not, well... I, See, I don't so think he's a they put JD in third. I know, you know, I don't JD. <laughs> I don't think he belongs there personally. No, he's a um, second. McNeil. He's a second baseman. Um, they need to stop that experiment with him. That's why I hope they do sign Franco, just because um I think they do need a defense plus guy over there at third. Um because Franco is not that guy. Franco's not. I mean, no. like he's Giorme, I guess. He's okay. And like they have Giorme. So like right. and Giorme has that. looked Giorme has looked fantastic in the field. He's already yeah. made like yeah. two really two or three oh really God, good defensive plays. Um and Giorme looks really good with the bat too. And he was already, you know, like on the upswing last year. Like he was starting to look like a legit like he was always like a back and forth type of guy who like who always had the defensive skills like some of the best hands I've ever seen yeah, um yeah. Uh, in the field he's always had those defensive skills and but, in the dugout yeah um, <laughs> catching bat catching flying bats but his bat but his bat was just never quite there and last season it finally looked like he would hit enough to be like a like a legit major league caliber player and it looks like that's continuing He's been tearing it up so far this spring. He looks great. I'm really happy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that he's a lock. He's an absolute lock to make the team. And I think that he'll be very useful for the Mets this year. I think they desperately need him, um, especially be like your seventh inning replacement. Yeah, he's your infield replacement. defensive replacement. And VR VR yeah. is also that. Like he's oh, he, yes, yes, he's yes. a pretty good defensive. Uh, he's a pretty good defensive player. Not as good as Guillerme, but he's good. Um, VR and he's, had a he's looked bomb good. The other day. Oh yeah. my god, that was a blast that he hit the other day. Oh. VR. <laughs> that, I was like, was... I I was like, that's power that I haven't seen from him in a while. That's nice, cool. As long as he's not driving poor Keith Hernandez crazy, swinging a <laughs> ball. Keith was having fit. Well, was that oh when he was on the god. Marlins? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It well, it was last season. He was on the Marlins. Um. And they were playing the Mets, and he just had an awful series, he, like a really bad series. And Keith, yeah. like, and Keith was, it was just a lack of fundies. He Keith was, was going insane. So. Yeah. 
It was funny because, like, I think a lot of Mets fans, like, that's their kind of their most recent memory of Jonathan VR. So when the Mets Mets signed him, they were kind of like, this guy? But, like, I promise you, like, it was weird when I watched that because I saw a lot of him on the Orioles because he was on the Orioles before he was on the Marlins. And I saw a lot of him during those years he was on the Orioles. And, like, he is he's much better than that series indicates. I mean, he had a bad year last year all around. He was not good, especially after he got traded to Toronto. He was really poor. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, again, like 2020, what can you take out of it? What can you not? Um, so who knows? But he, he was he's been a solid player before that, <laughs> you know, so it, the, the, when he's not swinging at ball four every single yeah, time, Jesus I feel like Christ. it was against DeGrom, which I can kind of like give him a pass for because I can't imagine facing DeGrom is easy. Mm-mm. But well, just ask Michael Conforto, it's easy for him. Yeah, apparently. for Conforto, it's a breeze, apparently. I mean, Michael Conforto is a pretty damn good hitter. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, we have, they the, the Mets have, you know, the defensive replacements that they can put in. But that said, like, McNeil's looked really bad at third, but hopefully he won't be playing there all that much. He's good at, he's a good defender at second. But, like, and obviously Francisco Lindor's an elite shortstop. We've already seen it this spring. He's looked great in the field. Um, he hasn't hit much, but I'm not concerned about that. Um, it's a week. We're a week it's a week. in, guys. But the defense has been all around has been quite poor <laughs> like not just mcneil i'm not just picking on mcneil here some of the outfield no, defense pilar straight up they dropped have, a ball they at had, one point oh that they, they made two errors on like well the there was that double four play errors that they, in the, and, the game the other day yeah and there was a double play that was totally not a double play yeah the double play that was that was, so that was Thanks, not umpires you're in the best shape of your life yeah well, the umpires for the umpires too but it's like they were they, they were just it the umps had dinner reservations or something. <laughs> they, they were making mental errors, like tagging a guy when you don't have the ball, dropping the ball, like uh, pay attention, like just catch the ball. It was just be yeah, a basic fundies that they that they were like. I get it, spring, but did you forget how to baseball in like three months or however Apparently. long it was? Poor, um, I mean, poor given Drew. This, given this year, it's possible. Poor Ferguson, that guy Ferguson, poor Ferguson, he fell down in the outfield during one of the games. And he like pulled a Tebow and like fell down and failed to catch a ball. And I felt really bad for him because he's one of those guys who's like a career minor leaguer. And it's like, maybe this is the year I'll finally make it. And he just like falls down. And like, you know, that like, that's not normal. Like he's a, you know, he's a professional baseball player. They don't usually fall down. Like that's like a once in like a you know, once in a decade mistake that he made on the biggest spotlight has been on him, you know, <laughs> like poor guy. Um, I get the wind is blowing and you got to change directions or whatever. But like you said, they're you're a professional. Just catch the ball. Like, I get that the Mets outside of Lindor were never going to be like the best defensive team in the league, especially in the outfield, given the current outfield alignment. And we read there was a tweet today that the Mets are still hoping for the DH. It's like, can you stop hoping? And like, actually, (laughs) like you can't build a baseball team based on hope, you guys. You got to actually like do stuff. Um, But like... I know that they were never going to be the best defensive team, but like they look real bad and I'm hoping that this is just cobwebs they're shaking off and they'll get to be like, you know, at least okay there. Um, he's trying really hard. I'm, I'm he's not concerned. He's trying really, yet. really hard. And Lindor, 
said he's trying really hard. So that gives I me. Am... Wait, wait. What were you saying, Linda? I'm sorry. I'll go after you. He's trying really hard. Yes, he is. is like mentoring him. Yeah, hopefully that'll rub off. I think it will. Yeah. I think it will. See. Lindor said he was impressed with JD. <laughs> you said that with like, the pride of a mother. <laughs> Your man's Lynn. Oh Lindor said he was impressed with my JD. <laughs> yeah, like, that's my guy over there with Lindor. <laughs> See, I'm. I'm just not, I'm not putting too much stock into anything yet until like we get to a week before the season starts. If they're still like this, like a week before the season, I'll be fully concerned. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I'm not there yet. On the defense. I'm not taking the train to Panic City. On the defensive side, I'm not concerned. Like a lot of guys are shaking out cobwebs. I mean, we saw the Cardinals make like multiple errors today. So, yeah. like, you it's know, wild people. pitches everywhere. Like it's happening. But the thing McCann that. McCann threw out some runners. So yeah, McCann's thrown out some runners. He's actually looked quite good behind the plate. So, like, catcher defense for once. Very exciting. Um, God, it's so weird to see a, a catcher throw players out. Yeah, that would that never happens. Not on the Mets. Um, no. But the thing that I am like legit concerned about, and this isn't like this isn't just based off of one week of spring training. This isn't me jumping to conclusions because of one week of innings. But like I had this concern before. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm concerned about the bullpen. I'm still concerned yeah. about the bullpen. Like that. It like that is an area of deep concern. I like I was kind of at the point with the bullpen where I was like okay, like, it's not great. I wish they had, because when Seth Lugo went down, they really needed, especially, they really needed one more guy, and they haven't done it. And so I was like, fine, but if, like, one of Jerry's Familia or Dylan Batanzas can be okay, then they can probably weather the storm until Lugo returns. Both of them in particular have looked dreadful. And I'm like, Mm-mm-mm, here it comes. This is not good. I don't like this at all. Dylan Batanzas looks really bad and his velocity is just like still not there i mean like people have said and this is true this was true before like batances is notoriously a guy who like takes a long time to ramp up so like early in spring he always kind of has this period where his velocity is uh, and he looks really bad and then like he can he can kick things into gear later but like i don't know given given his season in 2020 i'm like i I don't know I'm, i'm concerned i'm concerned I think Diaz yeah. looks good. At least Diaz looks good. It's he true. Looks fantastic. He looks real good. Trevor and May I looked think, okay today. And I, I think Narco was playing a part of that. Oh, like, amen. What? That's like the most significant <laughs> development of the offseason. Oh, is. yes. Edwin Diaz bringing back Narco. Amazing Avenue. Uh, the staff position on Narco is uh, we are in favor of it. <laughs> I mean, and we'll exactly. put. And, and I think we got to post that. I was having trouble posting that video on Twitter of Allison and me dancing after, uh, God, I forget. Was it in like July of 2019? Yeah, it was, it was literally Jason Vargas's last, last game. start. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we, are, we were up top dancing a narco. When that was when he didn't have narco. Yes, when he didn't have narco. So and we he like, almost no, blew it. It's going to be his lockup. He almost blew the he game did. too. He didn't, yes, but he, he did. almost did. 
That's why you had to bring the magic of Mar- Narco to City Field. Exactly. Because that, that we, magic was missing. It, it was funny because we there we did that video of Narco. And then there's a photo of us afterward. We were just have these like stricken panicked looks on our faces. We'll have to was that the one this. where Allison's head is like on the... Yes. Like in front of her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm hanging on to her for dear life. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like weeping. Like, and I'm like, my head is like half on the table and Kellyanne has her arms like on top of my head. Yeah. That's and it's like stricken open mouth. Yeah. And I'm pretty on my face. Sure that was the day. Cause that we, I was at that game with my brother and we met up before the game and I'm pretty sure driving home. That's when they traded for Strowman. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. Because I remember getting the alert, that I was day. like, oh, God, the Mets made a trade. And I was like, what'd they do? And I was like, oh, <laughs> they did something good. I was like, this is a good move. A <laughs> lot happened that day. Wow. That was yeah, crazy. Right? That anyway, was crazy remember when thing. we went to baseball games? Remember when that was the thing? God, it was so long ago. It was a long, long time. time ago. I can Sorry, still I remember. Just, I can still remember. <laughs> how, okay, but how that music, yeah, meaning narco, used to make me smile. <laughs> yeah, narco made us smile. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We're so happy that Diaz is bringing back narco. But other than that, bullpen. He had it last year, but nobody was there to hear it. So did he really have it? Yeah, like, the, the magic doesn't work unless people are there They're to hear it. they there. Yeah. Um, but... Circling- Back though, like to like saying, like talking about like 2020 season stats, I am just me personally, I'm not comfortable basing anything on anyone's stats last year because last year was such a screwed up year. Um, and there's such small sample sizes, and the routines were disrupted, and no fans. I think that uh, that obviously affected things. I think that had an effect on Pete, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree big time. I mentioned this it on Jeff and Jared's podcast recently about Pete, how I think having the fans back will help him. Yeah. Yes. But also that was the best time for him to have his sophomore slump. Um, just because it was a shortened season, no fans were there and there you go. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back strong this year. I mean, he's looking strong thus far. Yeah. He looks good with the bat as do like a lot of the players look good with the bat. So I'm very excited McCann has looked fantastic. Yeah, like I have, I have no concern that the Mets will hit. The Mets will hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned about the bullpen. That's my biggest area of concern and defense. But like, I'm waiting. I'm holding out my panic on that because I, it's spring. Basically, the rule with both the 2020 stats and spring training a weekend for me is if it's good, I put all the stock in it, yes. and if it's bad, <laughs> I say small sample size. Mm-mm. Totally agree. Although yeah. I'm very upset they cut good Trevor today. Yeah, like, you know there was bad Trevor that we won't ever speak about ever again. But he was good Trevor. He was good Trevor, and he was in he my. I put up the Trevors. first. Um, I put up the the first king of spring training post today um and like most of the players that are the early like king of spring training candidates all got cut today because like (laughs) hildy was on the list and like mauricio and vientos um and jake hager and um i think jake hager i got I don't know. I I honestly have not been able to watch uh, much of the spring training games, but I know PCA got cut, and I was like, "Well, well I wanted to see they got more. they got reassigned." So the guy, yeah. so yeah. The guys that got reassigned, so there's a list of guys that got reassigned, and though um, which includes like most of the top prospects that were in camp, um, among others. And the, those 19 players that got reassigned 
can still sometimes potentially appear in grapefruit league games but the, it's kind of they said it's like to differentiate the workouts it's partially because the minor league season's been delayed so it's kind yeah. of almost like pseudo they sent them to the alternate site it's almost kind of like that they're going to be on like they're going to be working out still they're going to be there in port st Lucie. they're going to be working out they're going to be playing inter squad games and such yeah um and sometimes they'll like pull one or two of them into a, a grapefruit league game so that's kind of how that's working there are four guys that g- actually got legit like cut and sent to triple a that was franklin kilame uh oh my god who else oh um sean reed foley um basically the like high minors pitching depth guys got like sent to like sent to triple a um which like who knows what that really means right now but they didn't get reassigned oh, is that pucky? I don't yeah, know pucky. yeah yeah thomas sapucky yeah it's basically like the high minors depth guys it's yeah it's sean reef foley kilome sapucky and there was one other and i can't remember he was also a pitcher um so it was those four uh got like sent to triple a outright um and the rest got reassigned so yeah it's kind of a weird time because the minor league season is slightly delayed and so like there's like weirdness going on but um so they're gonna have the alternate site for like a little bit um but, but yeah he deserved a chance i know he struck yeah. out he, he struck, struck out six well. guys he struck out yeah. six guys he was leading the team in strikeouts <laughs> like, and he's a side armor i love funky dude the, the the team leader in strikeouts Especially- a week into spring was not jacob de it was not edwin diaz no 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 it was trevor hildenberger <laughs> <laughs> he's in two innings guys that are pitching well let us see them a little bit more i know right in two innings he struck out six guys like all his all the guys he got out were via the strikeout he walked a couple guys but he didn't give up any hits yeah or he'll be anyway um <sighs> he'll be back he'll be back um Anyway, the last bit of Mets news before we move on to greater baseball things um, is good news, which is that the Mets are set to begin extension talks with Francisco Lindor this week. Um, so that's really good news, Hooray! you know, obviously. And I don't I, I'm not claiming to be an exception here. People were getting very antsy about this, uh, you know. Like, it's, you know, it's irrational. It's our emotions. We just want it to happen. Um, you know, like, I, every day that goes by, you get a little more worried. And, like, even though you know that you hope it'll happen and you think it probably will happen, but still you're kind of like, when is this happening? Come on. So they're they're set to begin talks this week. And I think that's a really good sign that they're, like, openly saying they're talking. Because, um, you know... It, <laughs> I think it's kind of like, obviously, it's not a guarantee that anything gets done. It's just that they're talking. But the fact that they're saying we're talking and the fact that they like made this trade thinking they could extend means that probably like the only way this doesn't get done is if like they are very far apart on their numbers, which, you know, I have a feeling is not going to be the case. Like, obviously, there's going to be negotiating. The Mets are going to start lower than they should because that's how negotiations work. But like... If they were really actually like hard line that far apart on the numbers, like they wouldn't have made the trade, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> In the first like, place. Like they had to have traded him knowing like some idea of what it would take. And I think he even mentioned what he was seeking from the Indians before exactly. like, while he was still there. So they have an idea of the what Mets he's know that number. For. Yeah. So, so. They, none of this is coming as a surprise to them. I mean, it's possible that so like they they know what he was seeking from Cleveland, and it's possible that 
like the um because obviously no one not no one saw it coming but like the fernando tatis jr extension happened like in between and that was a quite high number and so like it's possible that that might bump up his ask a little bit given that like it's kind of you know he's kind of in the same market of elite shortstops that Lindor is in so it's kind of like Lindor can point to that and say I want this because he got this um but it won't in the end it's not gonna be like it's not like it's doubling his ask or anything like that it just might bump it up slightly um from what like he was asking from Cleveland and what the Mets maybe thought but I at worst it's gonna be like a little bit more but and I don't think it's gonna be a backbreaker or deal breaker or anything like that um so yeah, that's really good news. I'm very excited. I like I like I've been saying, my Francisco Lindor jersey is sitting in my cart on MLB.com <laughs> and I will hit the buy button the second that it is announced. <laughs> and I'm just waiting, patiently waiting, not so patiently waiting. Uh and I will buy a Lindor jersey the second it is announced. I'm so excited for him to be a yeah, like we said, like the other intangibles he brings, like coaching JD, like working the camera today. Like, oh my god, that was just, so good! Just his smile. Yeah, he's his smiles he, enough for me. Yeah, and he's been, you know, even Edwin Diaz had they they known he he used to play with him during the World Baseball Classic, so he knew him. So it seems like he's just fit right in and he was wearing a Titanic shirt the other day. And like, Amazing. Oh, no. That just made my heart so happy. Like he's really wearing a Titanic shirt. Did it shirt. make your heart go on? It made my heart go on. It really <laughs> did. Um, I was like, he's just amazing on every level. Just, you know, as a fan, as a person on the team, like he's just a dude you should build your club around and should have no hesitation building your club around i feel like the mets like not that the mets have any shortage of fun guys on their team they don't they have the cookie club they have stroman like they have a lot of fun fun guys on their team don't get me wrong but i feel like ever since like cespedes has been gone they've been missing that like swag factor like stroman brings a little bit of that but like i feel like lindor syndicard too syndicard too but i feel like lindor Lindor with his like with his jacket and his Titanic shirt and his blue hair like it's very much the same like Cespedes energy that we've been missing because like it's kind of like what like you think about you compare like Lindor uh, showing up at spring training in that Mets jacket from the movie to like Cespedes to Cespedes showing up on the horse it's like very much the same sort of like spectacle and I mean spectacle in a good way I don't mean it in a negative connotation like it's you know it brings that swag it brings that like you know attention like that star power that like look at me like i know i'm good and i'm here and i want people to be excited like i love that <laughs> yeah like the cool confidence about it exactly too. without being like you know obnoxious cocky. like he's not yeah. obnoxious he's not cocky he's he not just like pitching he's... with one eye closed like he's oh my god <laughs> i thought we were not mentioning that okay, person yes, again i mentioned the bad trevor okay <laughs> the bad Jeez, trevor Linda. so like 
Yeah, but no, Linda's right, though. It's like a complete, like, 180. It's like a complete juxtaposition with that. Like, it's the complete contrast. It's the total opposite yeah. of, like, like that is cockiness. This is just being straight-up cool. It's a gimmick. Cool like, confidence. Like, yeah, Lindor's like, just cool. He's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's just who he is. He doesn't need gimmicks. Like, he's just, he's being authentically himself. And he's awesome. He doesn't need, like, a look at me like I'm smarter than you and I'm just doing this bullshit just to get attention. Like, that's what the bad Trevor does. Lindor doesn't need any of that because he's just, you know, being authentically himself and that draws people to him. He's not a try-hard. No, he's not a try-hard. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, I hope that you know, the extension talks go well and go quickly and smoothly for all of our mental health um, and that Lindor will be a Met for the long term. I'm very excited. And it's worth mentioning, it's worth mentioning, too, that the Mets did say that, like, they're kind of, they're working on the Lindor negotiations first and then they're going to move to Michael Conforto. It's not like they've completely forgot about Conforto. They, They actually mentioned him in, like, the same breath. They said, like, We're starting the Lindor extension talks this week. We kind of want to do one thing at a time. Like, we'll do this first, and then we'll start talking to Conforto. So we'll see what happens on that front. I think, like I said in the last pod, I think the Conforto extension is less likely than the Lindor extension, but still there's a good chance of it. Um, I don't think it's, like, zero or anything like that. It's just Boris, you know. Yeah, I was Mm going to say, like, that. they know that's going to be a completely different animal than Scott Boris. Yeah. But oh, hopefully they both get done. get done. Yeah. Cinder yeah. should get done. Strowman should get done. They all should yes. get done. But you know. See, um, and and I just love that in the past we couldn't even think about extending even no. one of them. And now we can think about extending all four of them. I, I know, like right? That that's a possibility. I mean, it's an unlikely possibility, but it's a possibility. It's not totally out of the wind out of the out the window yet. Oof, can't I think speak. they I think <laughs> they like really desperately need to hold on to one of Syndergaard or Strowman because I think this is also what makes both the um, Carrasco side of the Lindor-Carrasco trade and the Walker signing really good moves is that they're both signed beyond this year. Um, So, like, that provides some continuity that the Mets were desperately lacking before because, like, basically before they made that trade and then made this Taiwan Walker signing, their rotation next year was DeGrom. Yeah. And no one else. And we we can't multiply him as much as we'd like to. Yeah. So, and as much, yeah, as much as we would love to clone Jacob DeGrom five times, trust me, I would, (laughs) I would love that. We need, we needed some continuity. And so now we at least have two other guys who are currently on the staff who will be on the staff next year guaranteed. I mean, obviously, unless they're hurt or something, but like they will be under contract for next year. So, having one extending i would love to extend them both obviously i think they should extend both but it is it i will feel okay at least if they can extend one of syndergaard or stroman because then they can have three guys behind a grom that are signed beyond peterson and peterson true true peterson i i kind of don't count him because he's still like pre-arbitration but he's you know he's he he obviously will be on the team again um be in the organization so like but like you know they will have uh like multiple guys under contract behind degrom instead of just degrom um so yeah one of those two guys would be nice and then lindor and conforto thank you please Although it's my brain was like making weird 
sleeps because it does that sometimes because I'm really tired. And you know when you're like falling asleep and then like a thought pops into your head? Yeah. So I yeah. think maybe that's what happened to me just just now. Like I was like, oh, wait, they were really healthy last year. But will that happen again? But wait, the other thing we haven't talked about is them getting rid of bar whiffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Uh, I forgot all about that. It's like... The health factor now will also, like, maybe that wasn't just them being lucky last year. Like, maybe it really was because all of a sudden, whenever somebody came to Mets, all of a sudden they would get hamstring injuries. And well, I wonder why that was. Well, Barris focused, if I recall this correctly, he focused more on strength training. Yeah. Which is really yeah. not what you want with a baseball player. He would have been a fine Bay of football coach. He wanted yeah. them all to be linebackers and that's not they're you need not to be that's more not flexible this game as a baseball player flexible, i mean he basically trained them endurance stamina. he trained them like bodybuilders he trained them yeah. like bodybuilders and that's like baseball that's, players aren't bodybuilders exactly well, like that's guard especially oh god that's a fit like uh, like i'm sure he was effective at building their mus- muscle mass but like that's not always what you want <laughs> I remember, what, was it 2017 when Syndergaard's like, oh, I've got all this muscle, blah, blah, blah. And like a month later, oblique. Yeah, Wait, yep, the, that, that was the oblique year. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. They all need to do yoga. I think DeGrom yeah. and Matt's, I think DeGrom and Matt's both did yoga. If I, I remember. know DeGrom's big. Oh, my God, big. DeGrom, what? Oh. I know that, like, I know DeGrom was basically, like, and this is why, like, if you look at DeGrom versus Syndergaard and their body types, obviously very different. But, like, I know DeGrom said something like, like, I don't bother with all that stuff. I just, like, (laughs) I run. He was like, I run sprints. I was like, of course you do. Like, he just eats whatever he wants and runs sprints. It's like, okay. (laughs) Cool. It It works for him. But, like, the larger point is... Like, will they find, because I remember a while ago, I read an article about how the White Sox secret weapon is their trainer. Like, they have the fewest injuries of, like, any team in the majors. So I'm wondering if, you know, getting rid of Barwis and maybe bringing in not shysters <laughs> is... Not um, Jeff's friend from college? Yeah, not Jeff's, like, like non-nepotism. Um will actually play a huge a huge role in you know maybe you know going for the playoffs and you know injuries happen it's part of the sport but not like injuries you could have prevented by building your players up to a point where they are become more susceptible to hamstring tears oblique tears like the muscle issues because they're they're too big and they're not stretched out and um, so I am kind of inter- interested to see how that that plays out this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I think it speaks to like, you know, obviously like Boris in particular was a very Metsy thing. But like, <sighs> like taking a more holistic view of like player health and like injuries is would not be a miss, I think, in baseball in general. Like. You know, I we talk about this all the time about how they don't value it in the minor leagues and I think it affects player development at like in every organization. Like the way that Dominic Smith had to wait until he made a major league salary to get a CPAP machine and look at the difference like in his career trajectory that has made. I think it's made a huge difference. And like yeah. nutrition and like like things oh, like gosh. that. Like they just don't 
prioritize these things in the minor leagues. And I think that makes a huge difference. And if they just and it's because they don't want to spend money. It's because they don't want to spend money with these organizations. And if they just spent like it would amount to like a few million dollars. Like it would amount to the signing a like signing a Jonathan VR every year. If you just like redirected some of that money or like, you know, spent it in addition. If you just like spent that money on, you know, a more holistic view of player health and player development, I think it would make a big difference. Um, well, I remember Ty Kelly one time when the the whole conversation about minor league pay was happening, he tweeted out a picture of what his one of his lunches was, and it was basically a lunchable. So like it was yeah, yeah. like an apple oh, slice, like oh. a sandwich and some crackers. Yeah. That's like horrible. No wonder these dudes are eating fast food all the time. Like it's, it's all, all they, they can, can afford. afford. And that's all they have time for. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, that's that's the Mets. Uh things are going pretty pretty good so far, but the bullpen and the defense are concerned. But hopefully they'll extend Francisco Lindor and I'll forget about all of our other problems for a couple weeks. <laughs> um but none of these things stop uh these baseball-wide problems, you know. Minor Ooh. league player nutrition is just the start of, you know, these problems that are pervasive throughout baseball that we've talked about extensively on this podcast in various forms, but conveniently, um, in the, in the, you know, in late February, um, Kevin Mather, former president of the Seattle Mariners just said all the quiet parts out loud during a, during a session with, with the Bellevue breakfast rotary club of all fucking things. It's, it, this is such a rich dude thing because like these dudes will just say these things because like it's what everybody thinks and they don't think that anybody's recording it and they think they can just get away with it. So they'll just say it out loud or or they're round dudes like them. So they think that's what they want to hear and it's what's acceptable. So they don't think there's anything wrong with it because everybody has those same beliefs that you're talking to. Right. There's like no filter on what he's saying because like he genuinely believes this stuff as does everybody around him as does everybody like him. So he thinks that this is all okay to say and someone just happened to be recording um, and he didn't notice it. And so we will we will link the full transcript, which shout out to fellow baseball SB Nation baseball site team site Lookout Landing, the Seattle Mariners yes. SB Nation site. They put the full transcript up way before this was a, a story. They you were on top of this. They they broke this. Not and not Jeff Passan, not Ken Rosenthal, not any of the like big like big media outlets in baseball no 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 it was lookout landing they were on top of this from day one and so they were watching like they had people watching the like the video live and they were just typing out the (laughs) they were typing out the transcript and they put the entire transcript up online and that's how everybody knew how bad it was um so i will post the we will post the um the full transcript from Lookout Landing, as well as the video from YouTube. Actually, the OG video, I believe, got taken down, not surprisingly. But I think yeah, that I think did. that people have, you know, people have saved it for posterity and posted it on their own. So those versions, I believe, are still available. But like, Once literally, recorded, always recorded. Literally, all I could think of, this is terrible, but all I could think of when I was like reading the transcript and like watching the video was like Stefan from SNL being like, this video has 
has everything. <laughs> <It's> everything. <laughs> Service time manipulation, collusion, <laughs> racism, racism, general rich guy bullshit. <laughs> like it was literally white he dude. just white dudes. Everything. He just said everything out loud like all the types of stuff that we and like plenty of other people have been pointing out and like things that in the past have kind of like come out in drips and drabs as like isolated incidents but we know they aren't really isolated because it's just part of the culture of the game he just like said it all out loud and it's like oh okay like he talked about jared kelenic former mets prospect jared kelenic who is now a mariner um he talked about how they like openly tried to sign him to an extremely like team friendly deal and basically like bullied him and said like if you don't sign this we're going to like manipulate your service time basically. Um so that's cool. So Kellenick is now has he actually filed the grievance? He's going to file a grievance. Got to <laughs> hope so. Like he's going to file a grievance. <laughs> and like I think that Mariner should just get punished and have to give him back to the Mets for this nonsense. Hmm, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Well, and also know the Mariners releasing their statement saying like he doesn't like speak for us. Like he was your team president. He's your team president. Years. If he doesn't speak for you, who speaks for you? Who speaks for the Mariners if not the team president? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's not like problematic at all. Like at what? All. So okay, so they talked. So he talked about Kalanick and manipulating his service time. He also like. I won't say outright admitted to collusion, but like heavily hinted at collusion because someone asked about like this was kind of like an open Q&A, by the way, just setting the stage for this. So like people were asking him questions and he was answering them way too frankly. <laughs> um, so like someone asked him about Paxton because the Mariners were, you know, in on Paxton. And Paxton was one of those, like, guys who signed pretty late in the offseason. And so he was talking about how basically, like, with things like that, you have these, like, this, like, group of unsigned free agents that, like, go late into spring. And he basically insinuated that, like, we and, like, it really heavily depends on who you who you think of as the we here, because if he's saying we the Mariners, then I guess it's one thing. But, like you could read it as we ba- multiple baseball teams in which case like he's basically admitting to collusion he kind of says like we wait this out and then their price drops and then he used the word like they come to us hat in hand i think was the exact phrase he used like basically yeah. they're desperate at that point and they will sign like a very team friendly like a very cheap deal so he basically insinuated that like he waits it out and like the mariners pick pick guys like that wait until late in spring to sign um so that was you know also not great and if it and if he's talking christmas for the players union yep oh my god it is um such christmas Christmas who was it exhibit a who was it was it josh donaldson i think it was josh donaldson because i think it was it was i think donaldson's one of the player reps and he said something like thanks for proving what the players union has been saying for years thank you for genuinely like josh donaldson was, was like genuinely thank you for saying this because now we can just like now the players union can just present this as exhibit a for everything we've been saying um so he like more or less admitted to collusion and then and then there was of course it's not a rich white guy talking without a heavy dose of racism um and so he talked about how he was basically so he talked about iwakuma who is a beloved player in seattle by the way beloved 
and talked about how he was like sick of paying for his interpreter and was basically just like learn English. Oh, after he stopped paying for his interpreter, his English suddenly got a lot better. Like, you are the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. What is and wrong with paying, you? You're paying $75,000 for a translator when you're paying millions of dollars to everybody else and you yourself are a multimillionaire, if not billionaire. Yeah, these interpreters like, are dropping the bucket. Right there. Ugh. And somebody pointed out that their translator was working for the team anyway, so it wasn't like they were paying anybody extra. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Iwakuma had a personal. It's not like Iwakuma had a personal interpreter that he was insisting that the team like carry. No, no, no. It was just the team's but, interpreter. But even if he did, like he like, don't you want to like make him feel welcome? That's the whole thing. People underestimate the value of a translator. They're just saying, oh, the player is saying this. You're the, the reporter saying this, here's the middleman translating it through. No, I mean, they're there for them off the field during practices, helping them assimilate. If it's a new, because if they're coming from a foreign country, like it's their first year, they're helping them assimilate to the culture of the United States. Which is, I won't lie, probably vastly different from the rest, most of the rest of the world. So, they like they have such an unrecognized value. I think that may, that really left a sour taste in my mouth. After, like, in addition to just the general racism of it, it's devaluing interpreters in general and how difficult their jobs are and how detailed their jobs need to be. Well, and I have a lot of teacher friends. Um, and well, one day we got talking because everybody's like, "Oh, why don't the kids just learn English?" And no, oh my god! They were like, they learn easier in their native language, so they're like at yeah. least. And and I'm assuming it's the same thing here. Like, it's easier for them to process information in their native language, so that way he can learn. You know. And the fundamentals also, of the game or whatever in Japanese. So that way he absorbs it quicker and then could become a better baseball player. If he has somebody speaking to him in his own language instead of like, wait, I have to interpret this in English. What are they saying? And then like he might not get the mannerism. Like English is very hard. There's a lot of nuance yeah, yeah, to people, English. People don't realize if you're not a native speaker, how I shouldn't say that because uh, English is everything. English is difficult for its native speakers, but coming from another country, like I, I did my student teaching in an English as a second language class where it was mostly, um, no, it was entirely Spanish speaking children and the little details in English from capitalizations to punctuation to letter sounds and to rule exceptions like the I before E except after C. Sorry, I could rant about this all day all month, all year. Um, but it, English is a difficult lang- language to learn, especially if it's not your native language. And that's, I- the, that's, that's all. That's the tweet. And Iwakuma was not the only target of his no. remarks on this. He also talked about like he, and this was, this was really weird because it's not weird if you like know how these guys are, but you know, just like in the context of the general interview, like odd, like he just kind of dropped this out of nowhere. Like he also talked about how 
Julio Rodriguez, who's one of their other who's one of their other top prospects, like he said that the, his English was quote not tremendous, which is just yeah. like you're insulting like a a young like uh, is he a teenager? I think he might still be a teenager, like yeah, a very young, 19. like a nineteen year old kid who who is trying to learn English and saying his English is not tre- what the hell is wrong with you? And of course, like so. Julio Rodriguez <laughs> clearly knew enough English to make a fantastic meme in response to this. This was so good. So Julio Rodriguez immediately took to Twitter. And like, if you guys aren't familiar with the meme, the and I took that personally meme, there's yeah, like a Michael yeah, Jordan, Michael Jordan, like there's my there's like a, a it must be like a screenshot from an interview where Michael Jordan says at one point, and I took that personally. So Julio Rodriguez, like the second after like this Mather news broke, and like we saw all the quotes for the interview, Julio Rodriguez photoshopped his own face over Michael Jordan's face, and I took that personally. So like, oh clearly he knows. Like these guys know oh what's going on. They know yeah. what's going on. And it was a uh, Kyle. It was it was a uh, was it a uh, Seeger's wife who who oh, said yeah. who tweeted oh, yeah. like, so do we put our house in Seattle up for sale now or like yeah. like the players the players like you just you just took your mask off for. The the players they know who they're playing for now and they are not happy about it like and they're gonna have they have fun bringing grievances yeah, and i they hope a- they do and was it marco gonzalez who said he's not cool yeah yeah i think it was um like they, they were just absolutely like roasting him and they can because they have a platform right right and like so like your dirty laundry is gonna get aired there's no getting around it yep um, and for what it's worth, like a bunch of people, a bunch of journalists, like and people who and prospect guys and people who have interacted with Julio Rodriguez um, have like immediately took to Twitter to say his English is really great and he's worked really hard on improving it. And But I mean, like, that's really good. But that shouldn't matter, honestly. It shouldn't matter whether his English is great or, quote, not tremendous. Like if his English is not tremendous, who cares? Who cares? Like he's here to play baseball, not the official language of the United States. It is not. So take your English only nonsense and shove it. He's here to play baseball and he's very good at it. So like, who cares? I hate the monolinguistic bent of this country. It's it's awful. It's awful. Like you are like, they are not obligated to learn the language. They do because it makes things easier for them, but they are not actually obligated to learn the language to do their job. And they should have interpreters. And it's, it's awful and racist that he said these things out loud, but it's not surprising. Well, and I, I tweeted this, but I don't know if everybody knows it, but the Rotary didn't allow women until 1989. Cool. Oh, hey, that's so that's what his audience is. Yeah, he's just in his club. like boys club. Yeah. This club that didn't allow women until after I was born. Basically, yep. like a Mickey Mouse Country Club, like bullshit. Yep. A gentleman's club. A gentleman's yeah, club. Basically, what it was, and yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure you can kind of infer what that audience looks like. Yeah, and I mean, like, so all of the like that was kind of the the worst stuff, but like. He there's a lot of stuff in there that we don't have time to cover on this podcast, including like he talked about how like he like 
there's not a lot of parking around the stadium and so like he's like he owned the parking garage so he could like charge people a bunch of money to park there and he like laughed that off and like it's just like the worst rich guy bullshit imaginable like it's it's really bad all of it is really bad um like well at least he resigned Yep. That's the silver lining of this. So he resigned um, because, like... But every act- other club thinks and acts like this, so... Yeah. Exactly. So it's not really a silver lining. Yeah, there is, is no every silver team lining. There's no heroes. This is every team president thinks like this. And, like, he just said it out loud, so he had to resign. <laughs> but this is, like, again, like, like we've been saying with Porter and Callaway and, like, obviously these are different transgressions and we're not trying to compare the transgressions. But what I am saying is this is this these types of attitudes uh, are endemic in the sport and like just getting rid of the one guy is not going to solve the problem even though like obviously it's good that they're getting rid of him but like no he got he got fired for say for getting caught saying it exactly yes. he didn't get he didn't get fired for because they're actually it. doing it yeah exactly by the way now seems like a good time to remind our audience that Mickey Calloway still has a job. Yeah, the, the I said it when this first happened and like they said this is going to be a really short investigation. I'm like, no, they're going to be waiting for this to like just slide back under the radar and nobody notices. And that's exactly what has happened. Ugh. Even though they had an update where more women came forward. Yep. I have I haven't followed the Angel Spring training, but he's in camp right now, right? Oh no, he's no. suspended. No, he's suspended no, he's until they finish this. Yeah, he's is suspended. He, you know, is he like there in a Bobby Valentine esque mustache? I have Ooh, no idea. On that? Probably not, but I don't know. <sighs> yeah. He still has a job though. Still officially employed. Um, yeah, they remember <laughs> Pepper, Pepperidge Farm remembers when they said this investigation would be fast. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. It is March 9th there, now. There are pictures, there's texts. I don't know what evidence they could possibly need. Like Kellyanne said, they were the investigation will last exactly as long as it takes for this t- for this to go away and for people yeah. to forget, and then that's when it will end. <laughs> so we're here to make you not forget. Yeah, please don't forget. Mickey Calloway don't still has a job. This. That investigation has seemingly gone nowhere. No one's there. There's been no like progress, updates, nothing. There's been the nothing. Up, well, the updated athletic article was somehow worse than, than the original, and the original was pretty bad. Yep. So if anything, things have gotten worse, but we've heard nothing yeah. about the investigation. So that's that's that. It's like, well, if you're investigating, here you go. Just read the athletic article. There's yeah. pictures. So it's literally public information. There's your, ev- <laughs> There's yeah. your evidence right there. Sweet dicky on a cracker. Google is free. That, there's your investigation. Google.com. <laughs> Crimes.xlsx. <laughs> Good lord. We laugh so we don't cry, folks. This is what's going on. I'm actually like, my head's on the table right now and I'm almost in tears. (laughs) What is there left to say at this point? Just like the capper on just like an awful, awful off season, pretty much. And it's not even the off season anymore. It's spring training. It's spring training. Yeah. So, you know. All that's left to say is do better, everybody. 
Do yeah. better. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Will Mickey Callaway sexually harass next? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, in an effort to end the show on the ha- on a happy note, like we always do, we will do walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Linda Cervich, what is your walk-off win for this week? I have two, but they're related, so I feel like I could get away with it. <laughs> um, my parents got their first dose of their vaccine. Um, they got the Moderna. So they're both feeling good. They said it felt like, you know, getting a flu shot, like your arm hurt, but they said it wasn't anything bad. But apparently the second shot is the bad one. But so uh, it just it's kind of frustrating that you have to treat it like winning the lottery. They were calling like every pharmacy, getting on every wait list. And then finally, I was like, surprise, we have an appointment on, like, two days from now, so... It's like trying to get tickets to a Beyonce concert. It, it really is. is. It's literally it's like that. insane. So, Ugh. like, that, it was just such a relief that they got it and that they're guaranteed to get the next one in three weeks, I think. Yes, three, that's four excellent. Um, so, yeah, that... Like, you know, just the stress of, like, sending all my mom, like, this opened up. Like, did you look at this? Like, what about the Javits Center? Um, But it is because my dad, my dad has bad feet and he has heart issues. So he really can't stand. So if there is a long wait, there's no way he could get a vaccine in, like, a big place where the wait times are, like, three hours, even an hour. Like, he just legit cannot stand for that long. So the fact that they got it, like, in a pharmacy, they could walk in 15 minutes. They were good. That was good. Um, so now today, uh, King Cuomo, as my friend calls him, <laughs> um, <laughs> announced, like, a new phase of people who are eligible. And I'm in the eligible group because I'm a librarian. Yay! Um, so... <sighs> I mean, like my first reaction, of course, was like, yes, um, like I wanted to have a party at my desk. I'm like texting like everybody I know, like my sister works in the library. So I was like, we could get it. We could get it. Um, but then, you know, like I saw an article online about, you know, feeling guilty about it because I do kind of feel like I'm cutting the line. But no, don't like I know they say you don't like you're you're helping the herd immunity and like you know the governor is saying I'm, I'm, I'm eligible but I don't know it's still it's a weird feeling like I'm, I'm super excited like I'm very miss excited Do about getting to- a shot in my entire life but because I hate needles I'm terrified of needles but now the fun begins of just trying to get an appointment and not feel guilty about it I mean, and don't feel guilty about it because you are an essential worker. You're coming into contact. See, that's the thing with librarians. I'm because we. I'm also a librarian. Yes. The thing is, we're coming into contact with the public right now. Yes. Um, one of the libraries I've been working at has been open since July. So, I have been open since July. Yeah. So we've we've both been we open since July. July seeing, I think we opened around the same time. Yeah. So we've been we've been around people. People have been exposed to us. We've been exposed to people, and like, and it's not like we just have the shields because we're helping people with problems and questions. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I, I know at my library, I've helped a lot of people with unemployment um, yeah. applications, which is another rough thing. But like, you're near the person, 
Yeah, so there's no way helping like, you can't them stand back and just be like pointing at the screen. Like, yeah, does them no good. And you know, like for me, I work with kids. I can't just be like, okay, it's over there. Like, I usually walk them to the shelves, show them where the book is. Yeah. There is, they're never gonna find it. They're five. They're not gonna know where to look on the shelf. So no. sometimes I'll point them in the general direction so they can find it themselves. Like I'll walk them over and be like, this is the shelf. I'm like, you have better eyes. Can you find it? Um, but, you know, I do, and there was an article saying it's more about how it's been rolled out yes, that we feel the is. guilt that it's not available to everybody. So, but I, I am mean, and the whole thing, they're rolling it out in phases. And yeah. I think the United States has a severe lack of patience. Yes. overall as a country it's well, you have to be first May, so the fact that they said march 17th i was like wow i feel like there's an end in sight it's a, yeah like especially you know going over everything that was happening this time last year and it's still so fresh and exactly in my mind. and then now to see how far we've come and that there is an end like maybe not like a hard line and like it'll magically go away, but there's there's definitely like light at the end of the tunnel and yeah. I think I desperately needed that too and to like like we were talking about today at work. I was like I've missed the patrons. Like yeah. it's been so quiet and the other day I helped a kid find a book and he was so excited and you feed off that energy and that had been lacking yes it was hard going into work and it like you, you need that you need that interaction every day so I'm hoping now as more people get vaccinated more people feel comfortable coming back and you know I'll be just happier because you know I just feel like I haven't been doing my job because there's been nobody to help and I, yeah it's it's just been really upsetting so that's I mean walk off when I'm happy I am happy I promise no and that's great and you shouldn't feel guilty about it who I think should feel guilty about it is these people that are 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 charging others to hold their spot in the line they're getting they're asking for money to do this oh i think that's terrible oh at least no. in new jersey yeah new jersey's a mess <laughs> um there's that there's like a facebook group with that going on um people are like lying about the conditions they have so they can get the shot it's it's a mess here Ooh. it's just a mess yeah, typical I mean, New Jersey corruption nonsense. <laughs> Sorry, we're totally, totally ruining the walk-off wins walk right now. Wins. Sorry. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of it like everybody that, like, like Linda said, every single person that gets the shot, regardless of whether they're telling the truth or lying about like whatever their situation is, like helps the herd immunity. So it's good. It's a net good in the end. But yeah, it does suck like that some people are you know gaming the system. But there's always like. No matter what the thing is, there's always going to be people who game the system and we just have yeah. to kind of put up with it. And like most people are not gaming the system. So oh. that's And good. it also like it's been hard, too, because I I'm one of the few who have been working with people. So mm. I always felt like I was the problem. Like if like I wanted to see somebody I'm like, wait, I'm the one who's been exposed. If anybody would be exposed, it would have been me. And because I'm the only one interacting with people. So but that's see, that's yeah. the other thing. You shouldn't feel guilty about that because that was a decision above your head. Like I, yeah. I, I know when my one library opened back up, we're still not comfortable working. 
no. like being working at all. So yeah, it is what it is. Make, but we made the most of it. Thankfully, everybody's been good, but you just you just never know. And so just to have that that not that dark cloud hanging over your head is just going to be a tremendous relief. And so, but now the fun begins of trying to win the lottery and find an appointment. But you'll find one. Yeah, I'm sure eventually. you will. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, it'll take some, you know, some patience and some, you know, sitting at your computer and hitting refresh, refresh, every, refresh. every five <laughs> minutes. But it'll happen. My it'll town happen. did send out a form saying they would work on helping secure us appointments. So That's they said there's no guarantee, but they're going to at least try. So I'm like, I'll try anything. I'll put my name on the list. So we'll say fingers crossed. Good luck. Fingers yes, crossed. thank you. Um. Yeah, uh, my walk-off win is just that there. It, it feels like spring this week outside. Yes. <laughs> I am so happy that the weather is warming up. Like, I mean, I always dislike winter, so this is always going to be a thing for me. But, like, I feel like it was extra this year because of everything that's been going on. And, like, you know, anytime you have, like, seasonal-related depression or seasonal-related, like, blues or whatever you want to call it, like... It's been made infinitely worse by, you know, gesticulates wildly at everything. <laughs> um, so, like, just the fact that it's, like, warmer weather outside. Like, Michael and I went for a walk today, and I it just, like, instantly lifted my mood. Like, just seeing, like, like seeing people outside and, like, children on the playground and, like, like even that and, like, birds singing. Like, it just made me feel, like, <laughs> so much better about life and everything. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the vaccine. And, like, I had this week, I had two family members, uh, like, two at-risk family members, my 96-year-old grandfather and my at-risk uncle, like, both got vaccine appointments this week, finally, after Woo! trying for, like, weeks. So, like, I also feel like it's kind of like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I feel like spring is kind of like, you know, almost like a metaphor for that. Like things are warming up, like the the earth is coming back to life and like maybe we can have some semblance of a life again. Um, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and the fact that it was 70 degrees today and I got to go outside and go for a walk just like made me feel so much better about everything we walked to the library to return two books yeah <laughs> so that's actually yeah so um we had two books one of them was overdue oops um uh-oh <laughs> dc doesn't have fines say. so yeah that's oh, what i was gonna say are you guys free? still fine free yeah, yeah we're well, fine free one of my li- one of my libraries is still fine free through april yep um so yeah that was nice we just like got to take a little a walk to the library and just like I got to enjoy the weather and it's going to be warm this week so I'm going to try to do that more this week um get out and enjoy the spring weather and just like baseball's coming back it's spring like it just puts me instantly in a better mood so that's my walk-off win it really does it makes all the difference it does um, and now's now's the now's the time now I feel like okay now spring can come we're out of February Yes. It, like if yes. you know me, I'm a big four seasons person. I do like winter. Um, even though this one was a rough one. Um, but now it's March. Spring can come. It's allowed. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, this might sound cheesy, but it's kind of symbolic too, like a yeah. harsh winter and then like hope and life after yes. like all this awful, awful like 
renewal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, renewal. Like there's hope now, and like the fact that it was a hard winter was just like the capper on everything. Like, of course, of course, it's known a ton. Of course, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, about all the year, like it was obviously going to be this year. So I hope, I like none of this like bullshit. Like winter into like June, and then it all of a sudden becomes summer. Like, no, I want no. actual spring. That'd yes. be nice. Like it, yeah, like it snowed on like May seventh last year. Like none of that. No, Let's cut that no, out. thank you. No, thank you, oh. please. I want like um, seventy degrees, no humidity, sunshine for a good two months, and then it can be summer. Yeah. Yes. I'm ve- and I'm very looking forward to my first spring in DC with the cherry blossoms. Oh, I the like cherry blossoms. I cannot wait to just like oh, go so strolling jealous. along the tidal basin and just like look at the blossoms. It's gonna be great. Um, so I'm very excited about Send that. Pictures. Yes, I will. Absolutely. I will. Um, so yeah, that is the show this week. Um, hey, please... I didn't do my walk off oh, win. Oh, wait, you didn't? I'm sorry. No, Kellyanne, what's your walk off <laughs> win? I'm so sorry. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Baseball's back. Yay. I'm so Even sorry, Kellyanne. I thought that, like you, you and Linda were talking about libraries and like, I kind of like got lost you that you hadn't done. Your... Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. I feel like a bad person. Oh, you're not. Oh. Hey, I got it. I got it in there. Baseball's back. That's baseball's it. Kept back. It short, kept it sweet. Yep. And that's, and that, I mean, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good, like after to come after mine. That's good because like spring is back. Baseball's back. Um, yes. it's very good. Um, so yes, that is, that is the show this week. Um, <laughs> you should go to AmazingAvenue.com. We're still knee deep in our season preview series. We're preview- previewing every player on the roster from like now until opening day. We're going to run a couple of them a day. Um, every single day we're doing game threads for all the spring training games. So come join us to chat about Mets baseball, which is finally back. Um, and I'm doing the King of Spring Training contest, uh, which has returned uh with a vengeance this year after being cut short last year when they ended spring training on Ugh. march 14th or whatever it was um so i actually get to do to the one year yeah i actually get to do a full king of spring training contest this year again for the first time since 2019 so that's very exciting so you can see that um weekly we'll be updating and then finally after spring training ends we'll do a final poll um, we're going to resume weekly podcasts. So everything's ramping up for the season. So go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of that content. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you, Kellyanne? I'm at L R B E L L A R E B E E. Yes. I have fun spelling that every time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can follow each of us on Twitter and you can join Kellyanne in the Amazing Avenue comments. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.